So it's problematic because we can miss recognizing blessings, opportunities, miss those moments to invite the light of the creator in. And it really takes a retraining to get that moment where you receive perceived bad news and are able to look at it through a different lens. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Summertime, summer summertime, some, some, summertime. You know that song? I got my... Okay, Michael's in a serious mood. We'll just move on. No, keep singing. I don't know the rest of the, oh, the exactly. words. So, summertime mini episode. I want to share a story, Michael. Oh, I love your stories. You know the story already, oh. though. I like it better when you're just like at the Surprise. edge of your seat. Yeah. <laughs> when our youngest child was five years old, she pointed to some dried up yellowed flowers in a pot on the steps in front of our house. And she said, oh, look, mommy, aren't they beautiful? I responded that they were actually yellow because they were dying. And she frowned and replied, that's such an ugly word, mommy. No, they're still pretty. Abigail didn't know that yellow meant they were dying. She just knows that she likes yellow. So to her, they were beautiful. To me, when I saw the yellow of the flowers, I knew it meant they were dying. And I thought, oh, I got to get it replanted. They don't look so good. The two of us were observing the same thing with the same eyes, our own eyes, and had two totally different experiences, all because of our perception. Have you seen the meme that pops up on social media every few months of the photo of the blue dress? No, it's the blue dress. I'm sure you've seen it. Or is it a white dress with gold accents? So it's an optical illusion. Actually, oh, that's from you. a number of years ago. I said it pops up every now and again. I remember like 10 years ago, uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, like 25 years ago. Uh-huh. I don't know what you... Yeah, sure, Michael. Okay. <laughs> that, that's kind of... is at least 10 years old, I think. And the point? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but you asked me. <laughs> <it> pops up. <laughs> About 60% of the 1,401 people surveyed. Well, I guess it can't be that old if there were only 100,000, 1,401. <laughs> Both online in the lab saw blue and black, while 30% saw white and gold. The other 10% saw something else entirely. <laughs> Nearly half who saw the image before the survey said their initial perception later flipped. So what can we trust if not our own eyes? So you spoke about this a few weeks ago, Michael. You shared that our eyes do not see what we think they see. Our eyes see something or witness something and thinks it's reality and represents truth. I mean, we all did. I saw with my own two eyes. How many times have we heard that sentiment? When in truth, the mind molds that into something else and then gives it meaning. Because the eyes see only what it's prepared to comprehend, which is such a powerful, explosive idea. As we think that whatever we see is based on what's right in front of us, we don't take into account our past. We believe our we pain. see reality. We believe we see and everything. And science tells us. And that's us, not tainted by anything. And science tells us that it's absolutely not true. Well, when you gave this talk, you quoted a book, by the way, which I'm now reading, called Deviate. Perception is not what our eyes and ears tell us, it's what our brains make us see and hear. So let's talk about that for a yeah. second. So it's a book by neuroscientist Boleto. And um, that's a good name. You know, a lotto, lotto, sorry, not letto. Mm, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> so a few quotes. So he says that we operate with versions of reality that have literally nothing to do with what is out there in the physical sense, right? Because if you ask most people, what do you see? Well, we see what's out there, right? We see what's, what's real. But he says, and he uses, of course, in research and scientific studies, he says that perception, broadly taken, is not what our eyes and ears tell us. It is what our brain makes us see and hear. Mm -hmm. Which is, again, if you really, really 
think about this, accept this. This is, and again, often I like when a spiritual truth, this has been what great spiritual teachers have been saying for thousands and thousands of years, but now science backs it up as well. So, in the words of one of the one of the um, those reviewing the book, this it's a radical philosophy of perception. So I'd like to share a little bit of, of the science behind it. And what I really want to awaken within our listeners is to understand how we change perception, because what we're perceiving as reality is not the case. And well, I think what he said also is it's only ten percent of what we see is based on input from the eyes. Exactly. Only ten percent. Exactly. So, like, if you haven't been been paying attention yet, I mean, just that fact. So, everything else is what we really need to work on. Exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of it goes back to consciousness, which is I'd like to talk about. But I want to give a little bit of a background to how he explains again what our physical eyes see, and then what happens in the brain. So. In his explanation, the senses are like a keyboard of a computer, our eyes included. They provide access, and the real job is done elsewhere. So we think our eyes see. The eyes are not doing the seeing. They're just one part of the input that goes into the brain. Lotto points out that for each neural connection that projects information from the eyes to the primary visual fields in the occipital lobes at the back of the brain, there are 10 connections back from the brain to the eyes, which means more input is coming, input is coming from the brain to the eyes, and it's coming from the eyes into the brain. And therefore he says, moreover, the neural networks that make sense of what we quote-unquote see are fed by a relatively small stream of information from the eyes. Like you said, about 90% comes from other parts of the brain. So what you think you are seeing that is actually what the brain is telling you you're seeing. Based on? Based on only 10% of what your eyes are actually physically seeing. But also, I would add that it's coming from, we're tainted by our, our belief systems, our of past course. experiences, our trauma, our pain, even things we find pleasurable, right? Of course. So that's, that's really coming. Yes, absolutely. And he adds, what enters the eye is often an insignificant part of the story. Mm-hmm. which is crazy. I really, again, this is radical, and it's something, you know, if it was a spiritual concept, I'm not sure I would even share it, because it's so crazy. I don't think anybody's ready to receive it. But this is what science is telling us. So, according to what Lotto has writes, the, the perception includes a multitude of assumptions built in or learned. So, what does this mean on a practical level? Right? First of all, like I said, I love when things are true and radical, and this is one of those ideas that the way you are perceiving your life, the way you are perceiving situations, is not reality. Oh well, then the question, next question would be, what are the inputs? If my highest visual sight is only 10% of what's making me perceive certain situations as bad, and I think that's where it's more applicable, it's based on your preconceived notions. So, and we all, you, always, you will find this, somebody who has a negative attitude will see negative things. Not because things are negative, but because that is their preconceived consciousness. And if you really understand that, it means that if you're experiencing or perceiving negative things in your life right now, the way to change that is not by changing the outside world, it's by changing your mind. And the way to change your mind is, we spoke about, spoke about this in one of the episodes, how about you try being a radical optimist for a little bit? Mm. Because what that will do is make sure that you start seeing more good reality. Reality will be the same. 
but your experience of it and your perception of it, even your sight of it will be different. How many times, sorry. Okay. Now, how many times you have two people seeing the same situation? One of them says, oh my God, this is terrible. One of them says, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever Me seen. Me and Abigail and the flowers. Exactly. <laughs> and, and countless others. And again, the truth is, I think when we come back from the summer spiritually hungry snacks, we should probably have a longer episode on this. But for our listeners, I think throughout the summer, what I would recommend is first accept this revolutionary truth. The way you are perceiving your life is not the reality of what is even physically happening. Second, in order to make sure that your experience, perception, view, sight of your life gets better and better, make sure your mind gets better and better. How do you make a more positive mind? Simply force yourself, and again, this is work, this isn't quick, but force yourself to be more optimistic. Force yourself to see good rather than negative. There's a, a beautiful Kabbalistic teaching that says Abraham, who's seen as one of the most important, the first spiritual revolutionaries, his gift was a good eye. Whenever he looked at a situation, he saw the good, not the bad. And the reason he saw the good was because he kept training himself to see, to be optimistic. He kept training himself to see the good. When you, if you are experiencing right now anything negative in your life, chances are it's not reality. It's your perception of reality based on preconceived notions of negativity. Well, there's also a verse in Isaiah that says, raise your eyes up to the heavens and see who created this. So it's really about inviting the light of the creator in, right? If we go through life and we think, oh, this is hard or that's that, and it's just you and all of these circumstances or things that are thrown at you, and you never for once pause and say, oh, that meeting I had with the lawyer or that doctor's appointment or whatever I just heard, oh my God, it's the worst thing. There has to be a moment of pause where you invite the creator to come in, to guide you, to show you. And the example, like when I was studying this is that I remember a few years ago, we had a really, really cold winters for like back to back. And I hadn't felt the sun in a really long time. About the time. same time that meme was going around. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, my sister, one of my sisters was visiting in California. And anyway, we came out of this um, store and we had the kids and I came out and all of a sudden I felt the sun on my body. And I hadn't felt that, right? And that warmth that just took over me, it literally forced me to raise my head up and just bask in the sun. But I felt so tapped in and connected to the creator in that moment. So that visual, right? In those times that things are hard to really like that sun feels when you haven't seen it for months and you've been cold and it rests upon you. We need to invite that experience into our hardest challenges. I do want to leave, uh, I want to bring in a little bit of science for a second. There's something called, because um, I'm always so fascinated by how our brains uh, perceive things or operate really. And they're always looking for ways to save us time and energy. There's something called a heuristic. It's a mental shortcut our brains use to avoid mental overload, right? Can you imagine if you stored every single thing that came in? In fact, you made me laugh once. I didn't forget it. Like you, you remember amazing vast pieces of work and information and content and study, but you forget very like small details. And I'm like, remember that thing that happened seven years? You're like, oh no, who, what? No clue. And it's because you're saving storage space, I think, for the important things. So I took note there, but most people don't operate that. But anyway, it's how our brains are wired to help us. This is why sometimes we jump to conclusions. Our brains are telling us, oh, I know what this is all about. So we don't have to go through that thing again. 
The effect heuristic refers to how we can make judgments and decisions more efficiently, although not always more accurately, by relying on our emotions. Those are the snap judgments we make unconsciously all day. This is good, that is bad. And we rarely ever stop to challenge those thoughts. So it's problematic because we can miss recognizing blessings, opportunities, miss those moments to invite the light of the creator in. And it really takes a retraining to get that moment where you receive perceived bad news and are able to look at it through a different lens. I mean, that's really what it's all about. You're not going to avoid challenges. You're not going to avoid pain even, but your experience of pain and challenges won't feel like pain. And some of the things that you experience as pain and challenges aren't even that, right? It's just the way you're looking, you're perceiving them. One of my favorite quotes is from Anas Nin. She said, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Exactly. exactly. So um, basically perception is shaped by our history, our learning, our memory, and our expectation. And that's a big one. What do we expect life to be? What do we expect this day to be? Because if you have an expectation and life does not meet that, of course you're going to go to a place that's dark, right? Your eyes are going to, oh, I saw this happen, this happened. You're going to take that so seriously. When in reality, that's not the case. And there's one other short example, which I thought was really powerful. And you had mentioned this in that lecture about Rav Ashlag tells the story of a man who he's a king and he wants to give everything to his son, right? The best access to the best teachers, the best opportunities, the best foods, chefs, etc. on and on. And he gives and gives to the child and the child is blindfolded. He can't see anything that is right in front of him. He can't taste it all. He sees and experiences darkness. And he's saying, why am I suffering? Why do I have all this pain? When in reality, reality he has everything given to him. So that's the point. It's up to us really to take the blindfolds off, to know that we are actually first of all blindfolded so that we can experience all of the riches that that the Creator bestows upon us. Yeah, beautiful. And like I said, I think as we go along in our summer, I strongly, strongly recommend, first of all, as they said, to realize the radical scientific truth that you are not seeing reality, and especially the things that you're seeing as negative and bad. That is not the reality. That is the way you have trained your mind to translate what is happening in front of you. And therefore, all of us have to train our mind in the opposite direction, knowing that then now, not that when things happen that we don't want them to happen, but we will see them as they truly are. And if we see situations as they truly are, we will realize them as great blessings. We will realize them as only light. Stay spiritually hungry and wear sunscreen. 